for you. All right, let's get into the message this morning. Today we're wrapping up at the movies. This was our ninth installment of this series, which means that I've probably preached on 40-something films over the last nine years, and I've chosen every one of them, and there's a good reason for that. It's because I got to preach on them, and so a lot of times what I'll do is I'll ask your advice. I'll post on social media like, hey, which movies should I watch for at the movies, but then I reserve the right to pick it or not pick it because... You know, I got to make sure that the theme fits within whatever I'm going to say. And it, you know, it's a topic I want to talk about. And so that's what I've done for nine years and 40 films. This year, we decided to do something a little different. And we wanted to have a little bit of fun with the last movie. And so we created a bracket challenge. And uh, two weeks ago, we put it out on social media. We had 16 films that you could choose from. And then we narrowed it down to eight and we narrowed it down to four, and then we had the championship round, the Wizard of Oz versus Jumanji, and we narrowed it down to one winner on Facebook and YouTube, and the winner by three votes was Jumanji. Now, full disclosure, I voted for the movie. Uh, I had not seen it, but I'd seen the 2017 version, and I'm like, oh man, you know, that was a great movie. So the one with Robin Williams in 1995, that's got to be a good one. And I voted for it. And I watched it last Sunday evening with Roman. And after the movie, <laughs> I, I just had nothing. I mean, I, I don't know if my brain just wasn't functioning right on Sunday afternoon or what, but I watched it. And when the credits rolled, I, I just had absolutely nothing. Usually when I'm watching a movie preparing for this series, there's one line or there's one scene and I go, ooh, that, ooh right there, that'll preach. That's what I'm going to talk about. And I just, I had nothing. My brain was completely uh, blank. And so I jumped on Facebook. And I said, hey, all you who voted for Jumanji, I got nothing. You have got to help me out. And uh, you did. People started commenting on that post. And one of them was an aha moment for me. One of the comments, I think it was Hannah that said it, um, like as soon as I read it, I'm like, oh, that's it. That's what the movie, I know what the movie is about now. I know what this means. I know why you chose it. And I know what I'm going to preach about. Jumanji is one giant metaphor for 2020. Watch this trailer. There's a game called Jumanji that has a life all its own. You have no idea what you are getting yourself into. An ancient game where the primitive spirit of the jungle can leap out and take hold of your world. I've seen things you can't even imagine. Things you can't even see. And those who have ever played the game know the dangers that lie within. You're afraid. It's okay to be afraid. I am not afraid of anything. Prove it.
Star Pictures presents Robin Williams. Jumanji. It's a jungle in there. All right, there's a minute and a half summary of the year 2020. Stampedes, lions, uh, knife-throwing monkeys, earthquakes, floods, nothing would really surprise us at this point. It's just been a crazy year. It's been Jumanji. All right, the, the movie is based upon a children's book by the same name. It's, a, it's about a little boy named uh, Alan Parrish who discovers this old board game at a construction site in 1969. He goes home, he starts playing the game with a friend of his, and this game kind of has supernatural qualities. The pieces move by themselves, and uh, they roll the dice. Alan gets sucked into the game, and uh, bats start coming out of the chimney, and the little girl runs off in terror. And so people assume that Alan was killed, but what's happened is he's been waiting in the jungle for the last 26 years until somebody rolls a five or an eight with the dice. And we fast forward 26 years later, there's two children that move into Alan's old house. Uh, they find the game. They start playing the game. One of them rolls a five or an eight. Alan reappears from out of the jungle and brings all of this chaos with him. And together, they go find the person who was playing it with him in 1969. Together, they all decide to finish the game because the only way to reverse all the bad that has been unleashed is to finish the game. Now, here's where the metaphor for 2020 really takes hold. Every time they roll the dice, something bad happens. And the longer they play the game, the crazier it gets. So every time they take a turn, something comes out of the game that threatens them. It's killer mosquitoes, it's giant spiders, a man-eating lion, a hunter obsessed with shooting them, a stampede, an earthquake, a flood. It's exactly how this year has felt. Every time we roll the dice, something bad happens. And the longer the year goes on, the crazier it gets. You know, it all started with COVID. COVID disrupted every single aspect of our lives. It canceled school. It canceled sports. It uh, threatened our jobs and our economy. Uh, it put all of our life on hold. It drove us into our houses. It drove us away from relationships and away from community. And we were isolated at home. Um, it was threatening our health. It was threatening our livelihood. And now we're in the kind of the beginning stages of the reopening plans. And it turns out that the reopening has just has been just as chaotic and controversial as the shutdown plans were. And it's like every day there's something, we don't know who to listen to. Every time we roll the dice, something bad happens. Are, you know, are we supposed to wear a mask or no mask? Can you get it from surfaces or is it only from uh, crowds? Should we temperature check everyone or uh, is it just, you know, you got all these asymptomatic carriers, so what good does it do to temperature check to everyone? It's only older people that need to worry. Oh, no, 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 it's affecting younger people. You need to worry. Uh, stay home. No, go out. Close down. No, open up. You're safe. No, it's spiking again. And then you mix in all the civil unrest that's happened and the way that extremists on both sides have tried to hijack the narrative. And then on top of all of that, we got an election coming up. And the rhetoric is already starting to heat up. And people are just 
overwhelmed. I feel like everyone is on edge right now. And the emotions are raw. I mean, people are, are stressed and worried. And, and when we get stressed and worried, we, we tend to get negative. I mean, at least I do. I mean, that's we tend to, when we get stressed and worried, we tend to get critical. We're easily triggered. It doesn't take much to set us off. We're angry. We lash out at other people. We, you know, we react without really thinking. I mean, when I get overwhelmed, when it, when it just builds up, you know how sometimes it just builds up, but when I get overwhelmed, I get cranky. I'm, I'm not a pleasant person to be around uh, when I get overwhelmed. I don't say, hey, you know, I'm feeling overwhelmed right now. Maybe I should pause and take a break. Maybe I should take a breath. No, I just, I get critical. I get cynical and I lash out at everything and everyone. I get bitter, you know, and, and it's not always at the things that are causing the stress. That's the irony of the thing. Like, you know, we kick the dog and curse the cat and don't even know why we're doing it. I mean, they didn't do it. They don't deserve this. You know, well, the the cat probably does, but the dog doesn't deserve it at all. But that's what we do when we get stressed. We take it out on everything except the thing that's causing the stress. And I think that's kind of what's happened with COVID. It's, it's affected our emotional health in ways that we're not even fully aware of. We don't even realize it's happening to us. I mean, on the surface, it's like, no, no, I'm fine. Everything's fine. But we've been letting all this anxiety and worry and fear build up. And it's just been building and building and building. And everything's not fine. We're overwhelmed and our, you know, our nerves are frazzled and, and it, they're, it's, we're lashing out in other ways, but a lot of it has to do with all the chaos we've been dealing with uh, in 2020. And so the question for me this morning is, you know, how do, we, how do we deal with the Jumanji that we find ourselves in? You know, how do we deal with all of these emotions and feelings? Uh, it, it's like we've been sucked into a game and we don't know how to get out of it. And so how do, we, how do we deal with this? And I'm going to share three ideas with you. And you just pick out the one that you need most right now. Or maybe, if, you know, give all three of them a try. But number one is this. Take a break. All right, in the Gospel of Mark, the very first chapter, it tells the story of the first day of Jesus' ministry. Right there about verse 29, so somewhere in there. So the first day of Jesus' ministry, he goes into the synagogue, he teaches in the synagogue, he's confronted by a man possessed by an evil spirit, he casts out the evil spirit, he um, goes to Peter's house, and Peter's mother-in-law is sick, he heals Peter's mother-in-law, all the people in town hear about what he did in the synagogue, and then Mark says this in verse 32, chapter 1, verse 32, says that evening after sunset, after a full day of ministry, for Jesus, after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door. I mean, can you imagine that? Put yourself in that situation right there. I mean, Jesus has, has got to be tired. He's got to be feeling a little bit overwhelmed. I mean, Jesus experienced all the same emotions that we experience as humans. And so he's had this long day of of teaching, he's had this long day of dealing with conflict and, and dealing with struggle. And then after sunset, he goes to his friend's house to rest. And after sunset, the whole town shows up at the door. All the sick and demon-possessed show up at the door. And what did Jesus do? 
Well, the first thing he did was he met their needs. Right there, you can read it in verse 34. But I want you to look at the very next morning, verse 35. Think about the exhausting and long day that Jesus had just had and how overwhelmed and, and stressed. Yeah, it's possible for Jesus to feel stress. We feel stress, and we have a high priest who's experienced everything that we feel. So think about how stressed Jesus might have been in that moment. And it says, verse 35, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went looking for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, everybody's looking for you. So it was like he couldn't even catch a break in his prayer time. I mean, they were just all, everybody's pressing in on him at that time. But the point is simply this. Jesus had to get away for a little while and get recentered. He had to take a break. He had to take a break and refocus on what truly matters, and he had to spend some time in prayer, and he had to get with his God. And there's all kinds of good advice here. I mean, the, the people of Israel were commanded to take a Sabbath. And the Sabbath was a time of rest and refocus. It, they were commanded to take a break at least once a week and refocus on the things that really matter most. And then the early Christians, you read about them fasting. And fasting is a spiritual practice. You don't just fast from food. You can fast from social media. You can fast from the news. You can fast from your, your smartphone. You can fast from whatever it is that's stressing you out. So that's my first piece of advice. If you're feeling overwhelmed and stressed, hit the pause button and take a break. Follow the example of Jesus. The second one is to seek positivity. All right, a few weeks ago, uh, a friend of mine mentioned a book called The Energy Bus. It's by John Gordon. And he goes, oh, man, you got to read this book. It's a great book. And so I, I ordered a copy and started reading it. It's a self-help motivational book. And that's not usually my cup of tea, all right? But there was one part of that book that really resonated with me. And I found myself coming back to it over and over again. And it's a part of the book where he talks about energy vampires. And these are the people that suck the life right out of you. I mean, this is the, like when you see their name pop up on your phone or their address in your inbox, or maybe you see a post on social media, you think, oh, oh, I don't want to deal with that right now. Because it's not that they're bad people. It's just they're always so negative. You know they're going to be griping about something. You know they're going to be complaining about something. It's just they're always negative. And their negativity ends up pulling you down. And John Gordon says in the book, they don't get a seat on the bus. Like you're driving the bus, you decide who gets to get on the bus with you. They don't get a seat. Don't, don't give them time and attention. Instead, seek positivity. And that reminded me of what Paul says at the end of Philippians. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things things. Like focus on the positive thing. Yes, even in a global pandemic, there's good out there. Focus on the good things. Focus on the admirable things. Focus on the, on the praiseworthy worthy things, the lovely things. Focus on those positives and surround yourself with people who are also focusing on those positives. I'll give you a great example of both of those first two ideas happened in our elders meeting a couple of weeks ago. I was talking about this for me personally. I was sharing with our elders like, I'm just, 
I'm feeling overwhelmed right now. I just, you know, every time I get on social media or every time I, I turn on the news, it's just there's, there's so much bad stuff out there. It's just like you can't catch a break. And um, Randy said, well, I got a solution for you. I was like, oh, well, what? He said, stop watching the news. Just <laughs> turn it off. I mean, what? I stopped watching the news two or three years ago, and I'm as happier as I've ever been. You know, I just read it in the morning, I, and I get to pick what I read. But I don't, I don't sit there and watch all that stuff and put all that in. And it was, it was, yeah, that's it. If the news is stressing you out, take a break and find something positive. If social media is stressing you out, take a break and find something positive. You know, if, if people are stressing you out, you might have to take a break from some people sometimes and find something positive. Find something that'll fill you up rather than, than drain you. And here's the last piece of advice. And uh, this one I actually did get from the movie. All right. The more I thought about the movie, I was like, okay, here's one piece of, of advice from the movie. No matter what, you have to keep playing the game. I, I, you just don't give up. Like the only way that all the bad would be reversed was if they finished the game. And that was kind of a metaphor for life. Like no matter what happens in life, there's going to be bad things happen in life. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be things that we have to face that we don't want to face. We're not ready to face. And everything within us says, well, just stop rolling the dice. You know, just stop living. Stop playing. Just, just you know, just get away. You can't give up. Don't quit. Keep going. Don't look at all the bad things that have happened. Look to the future and look at all the good things that are going to happen. Keep your eyes on the finish line. One chapter before, Philippians chapter 3, Paul put it this way in verse 13. He said, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. He's saying the one, the one thing I focus on is, I focus on where, I've, where I'm going, not where I've been. I keep my eyes on Jesus because that's the prize for me. That's the goal. That's the finish line. I keep my eyes on that rather than all the other stuff that's been happening or has happened, and I just press on. Don't quit. I keep going. The writer of Hebrews said essentially the same thing in this way. Verse 2, chapter 12, verse 2. Fixing, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning a shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Pray with me, please. Father, in a... In a year like this, it's, it's difficult not to grow weary. We get tired of uh, the rhetoric we hear on the news. We get tired of the rhetoric we hear on social media. Um, and just in our lives, just the way we're having to deal with conflict, or the way we're having to deal with things, you know, chaos that's swirling around us, um, it's very easy to grow weary. But we consider Jesus in those moments, and we look to His example. We look to the example of Jesus, uh, not only in taking a break and, and making time for you, 
but also just that his perseverance and his endurance. And, you know, he endured uh, the cross so that we could have relationship with you. And so we press on, we keep our eyes on that. Uh, we don't quit and we don't give up. And I just want to say a prayer for all of those that are watching right now that uh, I know it's, there's still a lot of uncertainty in our world. And um, I pray that they'll, they'll pick one of these ideas, whichever one they feel like they need the most. Like, man, I really could just take a break. That's the thing I need more than anything right now. Or I really just need to seek positivity. That's, I need to, to look for the positive things in life and think about the good and the admirable things rather than all the negative. Or um, I just got to press on. I just have to have some perseverance and press on. Whatever that is that they need to do, I pray that they do it. Just have the courage to do it and, and to start moving in that direction and moving away from all the things that pull us down. Just help us to keep our eyes fixed on you, the author and the perfecter of our faith. It's in the name of your son, Jesus, I pray these things. Amen. All right, let me tell you about next week real quick. Uh, next week's a holiday weekend, and we've got some special plans. First, I've asked Corey Ross to speak. Uh, Corey's a, a member here at Murray Hills. He's a Marine Corps veteran. He served uh, combat tours in Afghanistan, Northern Africa, and the Far East, and now he works with a group called the Program Corporate. And they do leadership training and team building for professional teams, collegiate teams, and, and corporate teams. And uh, I've been impressed with, with what he's doing. I've heard him speak on some videos and things like that. And I asked him to come on Memorial Day weekend because I wanted him to talk about sacrifice. And uh, COVID kind of changed those plans. So we bumped him to the 4th of July weekend and his message is gonna be the cost of freedom. And I think you're really gonna enjoy uh, what Corey has to say. And I'm looking forward to being here that Sunday and, and hearing it myself. Uh, the second thing is that's also the start of food truck month. So the whole month of July, we've got food trucks coming. They'll be here between 10.30 and 12.30. So if you come in person, I know you guys watching online, but if you choose to come sometime in July, we're going to have food trucks for you. And so uh, it's a win-win. We support these local businesses that have been affected because their livelihoods have been hurt. So we get to support those local businesses. But then we also get to spend some time with one another that we haven't seen in a long time. So you're welcome to grab your food and eat at the pavilion or eat in the student ministry. Or if you feel more comfortable taking it home, just take it home with you. So July 5th, we're going to have M&M catering. They've got tacos, burritos, hamburgers, and hot dogs. And then we got Woohoo shaved ice. And so I, I hope if you're ready to get out, I'll see you then. And, uh, of course, we'll still be online. If you want to stay online, it's just uh, you'll have to get your own food truck if you're going to stay online. Okay? So I'll see you next Sunday at 930 or 11, just depending on where you are. I'll see you then. I hope you have a great rest of the week.